This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by Cedic Run. A lot of people would argue that we're entering peak running season with cooler temps and marathon fever going around. If you caught the bug or you just need some new gear for your training collection, head to SDR. With shoes, clothing, and accessories from some of the top running brands, you'll be sure to find something that you'll elevate your performance with uh, and that's also going to improve your style. Also, be sure to attend a Thursday night rhombus run to get your dose of community and to get some miles in. You can find all that and more at Cedic Run, located in downtown Grand Forks. He's been on our list of potential guests since the beginning of the podcast, but we finally made it happen. Jacob Jensen has had a phenomenal career at Minot State, and right now he's in the midst of his final cross-country season. So we wanted to catch up with him, hear all about it, and find out a little bit more about who Jacob Jensen really is. We enjoyed recording this episode so much, and Jacob is such a genuine human being, and he's passionate about the sport, and he's got just an incredible story. In high school, he never placed higher than 11th uh, at the North Dakota State track meet, so to see him crushing races like the Jimmy Invitational, which he won last weekend, has just been so fun to follow. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Follow us on our social medias for more content, and in the meantime... Let's dive into the latest episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. And today we've got a guest that we've been probably talking about getting on the show since we started the show. Uh, we're with Jacob Jensen. He's fresh off his win at the Jimmy Invitational, where he set a new 8K PB of 2503. Got the win uh, pretty decisively, too, and is getting ready for NSIC conference coming up. So, Jacob, welcome to the show, finally. It's good to be here. So tell us a little bit about, yeah, you're coming off of a victory. You know, you think about it, you really don't get to race that many times in cross country. So to to secure a dub, how's it feel? Uh, it feels pretty good. I mean, I only got the race three times for the regular season this year. Um, the one in Moorhead, um, I wasn't able to race because I got food poisoning the day before Thanks. so yeah i talked to my coach we were like well we'll see how like before we get on the bus we'll see we'll call it there um i got it was walking in i was like man i do not feel good uh i didn't, I didn't want to like throw up like while i was racing that wouldn't yeah. not been good but so we just called it we were like well it's really early in the season so you know we're really focusing on the championship part of the the season but the win at Jimmy, you know, I wasn't expecting to be like by myself for like all of the race. Um, I knew that I wanted like to go out and run fast. So I went out and then I noticed around like 800 meters, like no one was coming with me. So I was like, well, I either have to commit or, you know, maybe drop back to the pack or whatever. But I was like, you know, I'm just going to commit it. You know, whatever happens, happens. And um, I really wanted to run under 25 that day, um, but <laughs> coming down the home stretch, seeing that clock tick down, or I guess up, 
And then it got past that 25. I was like, oh, no. But um, it's still really good, you know, to get a win and uh, get a tiny PR, a tenth of a second. Yeah. I actually ran my AKPR at the same course last year. <laughs> so it's so it's really funny running the same exact time. But yeah. Sweet. That uh that <clears throat> that Jamestown meet, uh it was to me it was like surprisingly competitive. You yeah, know, I, yeah. I, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, it's like a you know, kind of in between I mean, I suppose it's kind of around that time where a lot of teams kind of maybe take one last shot at a a nice, strong competitive race before their, their respective conference meets. But I mean, you had like, you know, NDSU athletes, obviously you guys were there. So mine at state and then, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think like Augustana sent up some athletes and yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So doing well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Moorhead. So I don't know that was, I was kind of like, uh, I, I kind of talked about it when we um, like with the, with the old bison open when NDSU used to host that like first six K I always wanted that to be like a, a mix up of all like the region schools, like all the North Dakota schools and, and Moorhead and Concordia and mm-hmm. stuff. And it seemed like this meet was like, was my dream come true. You know, it was, it was a little bit, of, a little bit of flavor from every part of the state, every part of the region. So, uh, that was, that was really good to see. Did you ever get to race that Jamestown course? You raced that in high school, right? That was the state meet. Yeah, it was the state meet. Well, it was the state meet my junior and senior year. Uh, my freshman and sophomore year. I think it was once in Grand Forks and then Valley City, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I remember racing it without the hill. And then my senior year, they added that. Um, yeah. So that, that was pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> you still have uh, to you still have to tackle that hill in the in the college course, too. Yep, it's right in the middle, right at the 4K mark. So, wow. yeah. but I mean, it's only one hill. It's a, it's a pretty gnarly hill, though. You're going straight down, and then there's just this sharp right turn going straight back up, and then you're climbing up that hill. But, I mean, the momentum going down that hill really pushes you up the hill, so it's not yeah. even that bad. Yeah, for sure. I personally, so I've only <clears throat> been to that course as a spectator, and there's there's a little bit of, you know, some people aren't always like the, it's not like the easiest course to, to watch as a spectator. Uh, you really got to kind of make your own path, uh, as an athlete though, good course. Like, uh, how would you rate it if you're giving it like a tier, you know, like a tier ranking? Uh, I would give it a very solid a tier. I really enjoy going out into the like wooded area because a lot of the spectators don't go out there. So it's like super quiet. You just hear, everyone's footsteps you know you just hear them trudging along but it's really nice and then coming out there and uh coming out of the wooded area and then coming around that left turn where uh a lot of the audience are and you know they're cheering you on and it really accelerates you um but yeah i think it's a pretty nice course i really enjoy it so i would give it a solid a okay good to hear so where where else have you raced this season so you raced at jamestown and what were the other two races you had uh, we raced at the Augie Twilight meet um, the beginning of September. It's a four-mile race. It's a very fast course, very flat, um, super, super fun. There's, like, so many teams. The atmosphere is crazy, um, especially at the beginning of the year. Um, our other meet that we went to, uh, we never went to this meet before, but we went to the Chili Pepper Festival in uh, Arkansas. Um mm-hmm. 
that one was a doozy it was super hot when we went and um us north dakota guys weren't really prepared for the 90 degree weather and humidity um but i mean i based on like the weather and stuff like that i think we still did well as a team um we raced the um so there's two races there's like a division one slash like uh division two fast people race and then there's like everyone else um we were really hoping to get into that fast race but unfortunately we didn't but um our women's team took first in that race and then the men's team took third so oh, wow. i mean we came out pretty successful uh we were happy even though um the heat really got to us well you must have still like managed the heat pretty well because that's what earned you that first nsic weekly honor <clears throat> so yeah you took seventh in that race right yeah yeah i mean uh i will say that he did get to me i was trying to like uh i went up to the front uh with the big pack there was this one guy who took off right away but i was like you know what? i'm gonna be a little smarter than how i usually run just because how the weather was um, I'm glad I did because I probably would have died pretty hard if I <laughs> yeah. didn't. Um, but yeah, I I remember Tuesday, um, my assistant coach, uh, Nick, he texted me. He was like, oh, congrats on athlete of the week. And then, you know, I was surprised I wasn't expecting it or anything like that. And, but um, super cool to get that. Jacob, compare last season and this season. So last season, I mean, you... It, it didn't come out of nowhere, right? You had had good track seasons and had shown steady progression, uh, but we're really kind of mixing it up. You had kind of push yourself like to that, to that next level uh, and really hit it hard kind of from the beginning of the season. Uh, to me, it seems like this season uh, it's been a little bit more measured. You're still performing very well, obviously with the top 10 performances at big meets and a win at the, uh, that race in Jamestown uh, just compare compare the two seasons and what did you learn from last season and how are you approaching this season? Yeah. Uh, last season, I mean, all of our team kind of started off red hot. We placed really well at the twilight meet. Um, and then our team got regionally ranked for the first time on the men's side. Um, but, um, I think we started off a little too hot, you know, especially at the beginning of the season. Um, we were still like able to perform pretty well at the, towards the end of the season, but we never really got to like that, that peak peak. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year, um, well, I had, um, kind of a like bad start to the summer training cause I sprinted my ankle really bad. So majority of my summer training was biking and, and cross training a lot, trying to run here and there, but um towards like the end of the summer i started to finally get running again um but yeah i mean we're just kind of take not taking it easy at the beginning but um more conservative and getting really ready for that championship setting so because that's where like a lot of my goals are is uh the champion side or the champion season uh of that but yeah hopefully um i can really peak and do well at the uh, conference and regionals hopefully get the nationals and yeah we'll go from there it's a tough it's a tough thing to balance because obviously every athlete you know and cross-country runners you know no exception we're competitive right so you gotta you gotta race to get ready 
for the the big races, the conferences and the regions. Uh, so it, it's a difficult balance and you see coaches <clears throat> playing with it all the time. Like, Hey, do we go hard early and then take a break in the middle and try and come back? Uh, that's kind of what we're seeing like UND doing, like they had a bigger break here. Now you see other teams, you know, being maybe a little more selective with the races early on in the season and maybe just choosing one or two. Uh, so yeah, dude, it's definitely, I don't think it's anything. I don't think I was really able, really able to ever figure that out. I always went way too hard, way too hard too soon. Cause I was just like fired up, wanted to show people how, how hard I had worked over the summer. So, I mean, honestly, my, maybe this will be a little bit encouraging for you, but like my best place placing at conference, uh, came the year after I basically didn't run most of the summer cause I had had surgery, you know? So that just kind of like forced me to like have to take it slow and, you know, and just keep, you know, keep building up. There wasn't any, wasn't a chance where I had to just like focus on st- sustaining fitness. It was all mm-hmm. just like trying to gain as much fitness as I could to the end of the season. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, a tough I, thing, but I, I can definitely agree with you. You know, like you, you're really fired up to start racing again in the cross and you just you want to go from the gun and stuff, yeah. even though it's just a, a gradual thing um, that you, you know, you have all these, uh, this long season, you know, and you want to do re- really well towards the end of the season. Yeah. But yeah. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about what the, the team is like this year. Uh, what's kind of the, the atmosphere and kind of, if if you want to share uh, like team goals uh, going into the to the big championship races, yeah, definitely. I mean, the team atmosphere is really good. We're uh, really positive and just kind of like a just a big family, I guess. You know, we we joke around a lot. Um, you know, just have lots of fun. Basically, um, you know, we just try just trying to enjoy these these four years of running because you know you only you only get four years of this and you're done four or five i guess if you know you're redshirt or whatever or, or six if there's a big pandemic and you get your yeah, yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah we get it we get it if you get that covid year yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you only get like a finite uh amount of time so yeah. you might as well just enjoy it while it lasts so uh we're just really trying to make it um as enjoyable as possible as a team but we still have like these big goals and stuff like that that we want to do and we're pushing each other. Um, I know some of the goals that uh, the guys uh, came up with was like, we're trying to get our spread, you know, closer together and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which I think it's been doing pretty well. Um, and for the most part, and then for like placing for conference and regionals, we were thinking like, you know, uh, especially this year, I know the, two through six, seven-ish spot for the conference is very interchangeable. You know, if one team has, you know, not a so so good day, they can drop pretty far. And if another team has a good day, you know, it's very interchangeable there. So we're hoping, you know, like top three, five, uh, top five at the uh, least. So yeah, um, some big goals for that. Regionals, um, uh, what, what was our goal for that? I think... We wanted the gun for top 10, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Some big goals, but none, nothing out of like the realm of possibility. Yeah, for sure. What, uh, so, I mean, you had mentioned that you, you know, personally got your eyes set on hopefully making it to nationals. What, what's it going to take 
to get you there? How do, how does the D2 <clears throat> qualifying work? Uh, D2, so regionals is where you qualify to go to nationals or not. So top three at regionals for placing uh, automatically go for, I mean, top three for a team automatically go for okay. uh, nationals. And then after that, the top two individuals that aren't a part of a national qualifying team good to go. And there's these things called bids. So um, this like cross country committee people, you know, take more teams from a region that is uh, stronger than uh, other regions. So say right. that yep. um, the central region, you know, has a really strong uh, core of teams. They might take five teams or six teams instead of like three. And right. the same thing goes for individuals. So um, yeah, if, if it's either team or individual, you know, that that'll be super exciting. Um, I'm trying to think what, I think last year it took like top 10 in the region for individual to go. Um, we're always having regionals at Joplin and on their, uh, uh, the Missouri Southern uh, course. Um, it's super uh, fast. I think last year I ran like 30, 35. But yeah, I, I'm uh, so my teammates and uh, I were it, it's like a little conspiracy, but we think like the course is a little short, but you know what? We still run fast, so we're not going to say anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think it's going to take like sub 30 on that course to to secure a good chance to go to nationals. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is that go for it, Ryan? I've been I've been taking all the questions. No, you no, know. no. You finish it up, and then I'll dive in. Well, I was gonna, is so you guys are in the central region. Yes. Central region, historically a pretty strong region. Are we talking usually you see like <clears throat> five, six teams qualify, or is it usually just that three? Um, you usually see more uh, teams being taken. Um, it's usually upwards of uh, four or five. Um, I think the strongest region is the um, like Colorado schools and then yeah. Yeah. Montana, Utah. Okay. Uh, that's probably one of the strongest regions. They usually take like five or six uh, right. teams out of that those regions. But yeah. I would say we're we're a pretty competitive region. Nothing All to right. scoff at. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so my question for you is: When I was doing some digging for this episode, I came across coaching staff. And if you guys go to the Minot State website, uh, you guys have an interim head coach right now. Uh, and when I clicked on coach Schultz's tag, it said he was actually your throws coach, uh, for the track season. So tell me a little bit about who's right in training. You mentioned your old teammate, Nick is, uh, helping out as a GA, but just tell us a little bit about, cause you've had uh, a couple of coaching changes throughout your time at Minots. Tell us a little bit about who's taking the reins right now. Um, uh, Steve is definitely taking the reins. He's a, um, distance like coach, but, um, he was filling in for a throws coach just because we didn't have a throws coach at the time. Um, but yeah, uh, he's definitely the head coach, head coach now for cross country. Um, I don't think anything's going to change anytime soon for that. Um, he did apply the, for the head coach, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the head coaching position at Minot State, but uh, we won't find out um, our, for a new head coach until like the end of the semester. I believe, but for right now, he's writing training. He's super awesome. He's, he's very knowledgeable. He knows what he's talking about. So, I mean, I have 
uh, no fear that he can't, you know, guide us to our goals. For sure. Uh, initially, like, just tell us about going through a coaching change the first time when Coach Delmonico left. Because I remember being going into my fifth year, and granted, you've had a couple of seasons now without Coach Delmonico there, but I remember my fifth year coaching change, and it was like for a minute the world stopped. I was like, what am I going to do? Um, just tell us like how you've navigated that yourself. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a little shock. I, it was a little unexpected, I guess. Um, I was at this one internship like in Wisconsin, so I wasn't even close to Minot, and then uh, I got a text, and I was like, wow, this is you know kind of crazy. But um, I know uh, our our head coach or head cross country coach at the time was Sarah Fowler. So she was just going to take over for the um, head coaching uh, position for cross country. Um, and then the AD was saying that they're going to look for a new director for uh, track and field. Um, and then we did find one. Um, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, uh, he, uh, our new director of uh, track and field, he came in and then we got the a couple new assistant coaches um i mean the transition uh wasn't too bad i mean we were still doing pretty much the same training and stuff like that um coach fowler was you know she knew what she was doing i mean there was it wasn't like we didn't have a coach at the time it was just a transition period i guess um but it turned out super well and stuff like that and then uh <clears throat> coach fowler um recently uh got a new position at a new school and she took that opportunity you know just to to proceed or to uh advance her um coaching career forward so there was no hard feelings there or anything like that um and then yeah I just transitioned to uh Steven and he's our coach now so I mean it hasn't been like um the end of the world or anything like that just you know just uh, a little transition and uh, just a little flavor, a different flavor for coaching style. But I mean, it's all the same. Yeah, dude, that, that's such a great perspective. I, I loved to make things way more complicated than they were. Like I, I was the guy who was like, I had to run five miles. It wasn't like 4.99, like it was five, <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, I think if I had had to go through a coaching change, it would have been, it would have been <clears throat> super difficult. I would have, I would have had a tough time trusting whatever the coach, the next coach was telling me to do. Um, even if, like you said, it, you know, it was the same thing, you know, it, I don't know, running, especially like distance running. I feel like there's a lot of intricacies and you know but if you're running hard a couple days a week you're running easy a couple days a week you know you're gonna get better you know and so i think just simplifying it and just knowing that you know i don't know i just you have you have a good a good perspective on on all that change you know wish i had had that i think i think that like speaks to your maturity a lot too because yeah uh, especially having to go through it a couple times, like you can go through it once and you're like, all right, make the most of it. And then it's like, again, but the fact that, <laughs> yeah. you know, you've been consistent and you're still showing up and getting out the door every day. Uh, yeah. And you guys have maintained that culture. It sounds like, yeah, that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. The team atmosphere. I mean, it didn't change. 
Um, I mean, Coach Fowler made it really um, easy to transition over. I mean, she didn't just like disappear, you know, the next day. She, you know, she was still there. She just um, made it easy on us, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to change direction here a little bit. Um, I just like you're coming into your last season, you, you're taking full advantage of it. But just thinking of how far you've come in your running career, like these stats are crazy that I'm about to drop. So went back to your high school years and <laughs> the state meet your junior year, 2018, you finished 16th out of 17 runners in the mile. You're in 446. The 3,200, 16th of 23 runners, you ran 10-14. You come back as a senior, you do the exact same thing in the mile. 16th of 17 guys, you ran a little bit faster, 440. 3,200, you took 11th, uh, 952. Like, you never placed higher than 11th at the state meet. And just like look where you are now. That's amazing. So I just kind of I'm, – I'm just curious. What would you tell – your younger self like if you see where you are now what advice would you give to you know high school junior and senior jacob um oh man that's a good question i mean uh i mean i didn't i came from a, a school in a fairly small cross-country program so i mean it was in like the most amazing training ever but uh i mean my my uh cross-country coach in high school you know he did his best job he really uh made sure I was like prepared and stuff but I mean uh I guess if I were to go back and tell my younger self I'd be like you know just enjoy uh the moment enjoy the process don't get your head all up in like you know placing and results basically just just enjoy it for what it is have you always like loved running as much as you do now? Because when you talk now, it's very evident how passionate you are about it. Wh like, when did you fall in love with this sport? Or like, when did you come into this sport? Oh, <laughs> that was like way, way, way back. So in third grade, yeah. in elementary school. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, our elementary school had this like cross country program. You know, I was, I, I was like, oh, running, you know, whatever. It was like something to do before basketball. Because you weren't able to do basketball as a third grader. You had to wait until yeah. fourth grade. So my grandma was like, yeah, you can do it, whatever. And, uh, you know, I wasn't very good at it. Uh, I just kind of did it because some of my friends did it. Like I said, and, um, uh, I was just waiting for basketball because I come from a, uh, like a basketball-oriented family. Um, I still, you know, I still love basketball and stuff like that. But um, I still, I, I love running more. Uh, but I think I feel in love with the sport when I guess got into middle school and I started like doing well I was like you know what I'm, I'm pretty decent at this running thing or whatever and uh, my middle school coach was uh, super like great she was pretty passionate in running and then she just kind of that like just rubbed off of uh, that rubbed off of me you know uh, onto me and so yeah um, got to high school I think after my freshman year, I went to this running camp and in Winona um, at Winona State University. It's kind of funny because now I'm running against them. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, crazy world. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, yeah, going there really like showed me like what this whole running thing can be. So 
I guess that really started the fire and I was starting to do really well after my sophomore year. Um, and then it kind of just went from there. Uh, going into college, you know, I was a scared little high school kid, didn't know what to expect. These like big college runners were uh, going to do. Um, but looking back at it now, I'm like, man, these college like freshmen sophomores even even me they're just like just slightly bigger high school <laughs> high yeah. schoolers um but as a high schooler you, you don't think that you look at a like a, a college student and you're like he's so old or whatever yeah yeah but yeah i've been pretty passionate about it since then for sure did you what were like your expectations like just running wise what were your expectations for yourself coming into college Cause I mean, you're, you're a different athlete than you were in high school. Yeah. Uh, uh, like that's for sure. So was it, I mean, you said, <clears throat> I mean, you said you would have told your younger self to not focus on placing and stuff like that. But do you think that's what drove you? Uh, was that like the driving factor in like your continued success or your continued improvement it was like just a desire to, to, to place well and to win? Well, not exactly. I mean, yeah, I wanted to do well, but like coming in, I was pretty nervous and anxious. I was a pretty anxious little kid. Um, but going in, uh, I remember um, Coach Delmonico, you know, had us do goal sheets and stuff like that. I remember one of my goals was like the top five runner on the team or whatever. And then uh, by the end of the year, I was uh, the number one runner at regionals and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, I remember, like, I can't remember after what meet. I think it was, like, after this Grand Forks meet my freshman year. Um, like, Coach Monaco was, like, talking to me. He was, like, it seems like you're running scared, you know, because he remembered me in high school that I would just go out to the front. I didn't care, you know, whatever. I'd go from the gun. Uh not worrying about like if I'm going to die or not anything, anything like that. He was like, you just have to go out and run like that, you know, uh, you know, that kind of just sparked it. And I kind of run like that now. It's just like my running style. I just go out, you know, I'm out in the front. I'm like, here, I'm right here. You know, I'm going to try to stay here as long as possible. So that kind of started that. Oh, that's great. And I'll, I'll go on, I'll go on a, a little tangent again, <laughs> but I mean, I think there's there's merit to running smartly and oh, you yeah. know you yeah. you you've talked about that but I think if you're gonna go out to the front and go hard you have to not be afraid to die and I think there've been times when I've like I've ran scared you know gone to the front cuz that's where I feel like I should be but I'm afraid of when when the pain is going to hit when I'm going to die and then when I do die it just crushes me you know, but the times when, when you're confident and you're not afraid of that, and then it hits you anyway, then you can just kind of like, I don't know, you, you can just take the punch a little bit better. So, I mean, two, 
racing strategy. You know, people don't think of cross country, you know, or distance running is like a strategy sport. You know, it's like, oh, you don't got to call plays in football. You can't do timeouts, <laughs> set up a pick or a screen or anything. But, you know, it, there there's mental strategy in how you approach races. And, you know, if you want to go for that, that gutsy, like hard from the gun sort of, you know, race strategy, you got to be in the right mindset for it. So a hundred percent. You know, there, I feel like there's lots of strategy, especially for like distance sports. When you're in that race, you know, are you going to, you know, are, are you going to go out to the front or are you going to be more conservative? You know, when you're in a pack and you see someone starting to take away from the pack, are you going to go with them or are you going to stay yeah. with this pack? You know, you're always thinking of these things uh, during races and they're like, and they're not like split second decisions or anything like that. But I mean, you have, you have to decide if you're going to, go for it or not yeah jacob have yeah. you ever seen the video of uh christian serratos and edward cheserick at the indoor ncaa championships in the mile Ooh, what year would that be 2015 cam yeah. um, probably, probably yeah. not dude, oh, dude. I, i'm it. sending it to you when you're done you but look it up okay yeah, okay it's it's like a crazy race serratos like it is indoors so you know keep in mind like eight laps on the track but like he's like three laps in and I think he drops like a 54, like 400 split, like halfway through the race. And it's like, what is this guy doing? And I think, I think he dropped a 26 second, 200 lap three or lap man. four or something like that. Like it was insane. Cause he had run like, he had run like a three fifty three for the mile earlier that season. And then Chez is obviously just like Chez, you know? So, but it, uh, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy to watch. That's that's some that's some ballsy moves right there. Yeah, yeah. twenty six. Oh, are, are you a fan of the sport? Like, do you follow professional runners like very closely? Or I, not really. I, I try to. Um, I mean, uh, I, I get really busy and stuff like that. So, so most of the time, you know, I don't really have uh, all the time in the world. But uh, I know my girlfriend. She's always like watching. Like, oh, did you see like? Uh, the marathon record be broken at Chicago or whatever. I'm like, oh no, I, I didn't hear that, you know. <laughs> and then she t- t- tells me all about it. I'm like, oh man, that's like, crazy. Yeah. Um, Dude, that marathon, that marathon was crazy. I it was. It, it. I w- I was not expecting that. That man. All right, link is sent. So you'll have to watch that later. I will. So. Uh, when I was just, you know, I always do a little deep dive before I, I go on an episode. And one of the things that I love is how much you embrace, you know, being uh Native American. One of your pictures, like 2021 from Media Day, you've got the Turtle oh, Mountain yeah. flag. And mm-hmm. I just love that picture. And um, we fall because of you, we follow. Uh, there's another page that will give you shout outs sometimes. I can't remember oh, what's called ND Sports. Yeah. ND Sports. Yep. Yep. So we follow them and we love keeping up with you, like, uh, but also a lot of other North Dakota athletes as well. And just tell us what it means to like embrace that side of things. Cause we had Becky Wells on a uh, long time ago and she spoke to that a little bit. But just tell us your experience with that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's always nice to look back and, uh, um know that your community is always there to support you because i know like every every time that i go back home you know um my old teachers or people i see like the grocery store you know they say like good job you know you're doing so well you know like that that really means a lot to me um it really 
keeps me motivated. And, um, and I know my old athletic director, he was ta talking to me, he was like, yeah, you know, these, these little kids, they look up to you and stuff like that, you know, and it, it really puts a lot of perspective in what I'm doing. Um, so I like to go back and try to, um, cause I remember over the summer I was talking to, uh, we were trying to, uh, set up this one, like running kind of camp thing for kids and, you know, try to introduce them to running and, um, how to get into running, you know, how to, uh, prevent injuries, um, you know, uh, mobility, what, uh, runners do to get better. Um, I mean, running's not very prevalent, uh, in my community, but, you know, trying to introduce that, I guess, is a good first step into that. So, yeah, the community, big, big part of my life, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> who did, who did you look up to? Uh, like when you started running in third grade, was there somebody that was running that you idolized back then? Huh. Um, not really. I guess, you know, there was, uh, some high school runners. I remember, uh, seeing them running down the road, you know, when my grandma was like taking me home from like practice and stuff like that, they were like run down the road, um, on the highway, uh, and they run like all the way to the, the casino. And I was like, wow, that's so far. <laughs> and now like when I'm older, I'm like, wow, that was only like five miles. <laughs> <laughs> um but, but anyway yeah they they i looked up to that um but i think one of the after i got older and stuff like that i looked up to uh billy mills i don't know if you guys know yeah. who that is yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah uh, i looked up to him um and i thought that was like you know really cool you know uh gold medalist in the 10k i remember like seeing uh like a video of him like running and finishing and i was like wow you know so i guess that's one of my idols if i had to say Oh, uh, dude, Billy Mills. So I don't know if this story is true, but I heard it, heard it somewhere, read it somewhere that in that race, he was like about to drop out, but he said to himself something like, well, if I'm going to, I'm going to drop out of the Olympics, you know, I may as well just go and lead the race for a lap or two, you know? And so then he, he pushes to the front and, uh, you know, I don't know, just, once he got up there, he must've just said something like, I'll see how long I can hold it. And, you know, found himself close enough or within striking distance to, you know, kick for the win there towards the end. But dude, that's honestly one of the, that the video of him running that race. And then have you seen the Dave Waddle, uh, 800 meter Olympic race video? I don't think so. Maybe I have. Oh, oh man, I, Cam, you explain it. I'll I'll send it to him. Right, Ryan, I'll send that one <laughs> send to, to you. Dude, this, this is a this is like a history session for you, Jacob. But it's like uh, he's in the Olympic final of the eight hundred, you know. And uh, story is, you know, he missed a whole bunch of training the days before with a knee injury, uh, and everybody starts off just like blazing fast in this eight hundred, and he is just dropped. And like you can pick him out. Uh, in the video, like a sore thumb, because he's wearing this goofy looking like golf hat or whatever. You know, it's just like nobody, nobody, not even today. You know, nobody wears that when they're racing. But you know, uh, he's it looks like he's out of it, but he just keeps like running, keeps running, and just I think they went out so fast that everybody else has died, and he's like kicks home, and it's just it's this incredible like eight hundred meter victory for for the U.S. Dave Waddle, you know, oh, rocking wow. the hat. So. 
yeah uh that's that's another good one i feel like those two are like i don't know some of the best track and field content you know i've i've ever seen you know oh yeah but all right the it's classics sent. it's sent it's sent so you're gonna all have right. a whole playlist to watch by the time we're done yeah. here <laughs> now, don't st- me all. <laughs> yeah do your homework first though don't yeah. Don't spend all your time watching those videos. Save them for the bus on the way. Hey, to don't worry. No, no, I, I got I got my exams done today, so I have the weekend free. I don't have to worry about anything. Oh, there good. Go. That's what I'm talking about. So when we started this episode, we were talking a little bit. I think it was actually even before we hit record, but we were talking about NSIC championships coming up in a couple of weeks. You've alluded to how well you want to do, but Cam, I think you were going to ask him a question. Then you said, nah, this is good content. So you waited till we we got into the interview, but do you remember that question? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of asked the same question about the Jamestown course, but so you, NSICs will be at McDowell Dam, which is the same place where they run the the, the high school course. Uh, are you excited to go back? Have you ever been back to run there in college? What are your what are your thoughts? Or did you you did run it in? You have run the course in high school, right? Yeah, I have. Okay, yeah. Uh, um. Well, tier, okay, so the, tier oh, eight, okay. tier yeah, I want to know course. what tier it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, I have ran there in high school. We actually ran there, uh, last year, um, for college. Um, the AK was interesting. It was just, uh, a half a loop and then like three other loops. So, um, lots of loops. I'm yeah. not a big fan of the loops, but <laughs> I mean, there's some fast loops. So yeah, you can, you, 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 uh, have potential to run pretty fast on that course. Um, I would give it it's either a B or an A tier course. I'm leaning more towards B though. Yeah. But I'm I don't know. I might be a little biased because I ran my fastest 5K there in high school. So you might be moved up to A just because of that. <laughs> okay. Love it. What's what's the worst tier? Like if you're gonna like A B is C the bottom or like is there a tier even lower than that? No, I was thinking like S top tier a b c d yeah what's okay, a so, what's a d tier course yeah i want to hear the bottom we we want some cross-country course slander oh i mean it's not like a terrible course or anything but i don't know i don't enjoy it too much but roy griak <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay uh i don't know i i have some bad memories from that course so it might be think... just a me thing I don't think you're the only one. No, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people who would agree with you on that. Yeah. Not it's, that it's, it's a, a bad course, point. but it gives a bad experience. Yes, it does a lot give of people. A, a bad experience. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how man. about like, how about just like a solid B? Because you said McDowell Dam is kind of like A, B, like tiptoes the line. But what's just like a, a very mid, very mid course? Very mid course. Um, hmm. uh, I'm trying to think of all like the cross country courses that I ran. Can I can I list also high school courses? Sure. Yeah, totally. Okay, we're you have to give you have to give one course for every tier. Now we're too far oh, in. Okay. We're too far in. Yeah. So we have a D tier course, Roy Griak. We have an A tier course. Well, we'll, we'll put we'll put uh, McDowell Dam in B tier. Okay. okay. So we need a C. C and, and an S. S. Uh, 
Hmm. I mean, the Augie Twilight, I mean, it's it's a very fast course. I wouldn't even really call it a cross-country course just because how flat it is. And um, we do like three loops, but just the atmosphere alone makes it all the difference. So, I mean, I would give that a, a solid like S, C tier. Um, I mean, I don't want I don't want to put this one in here because I I don't mind it, but Joplin, Missouri's course, I mean, it's a pretty like mid course, I guess. I mean, Okay. I don't know. It, it it's like a pretty solid like cross course. There there's like um switchbacks and uh like little hills, little bumps in the ground. You know, um, I mean, it's still fast. I mean, this is a tough one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Where did uh, the red hot chili <laughs> steppers or whatever that meat you went to? you know what? The, Where, where did that course fall? the red hot, <laughs> red hot chili, <laughs> the, the chili pepper festival. I mean, that course, like, regardless of the weather, it was a very, like, solid course. I would, I mean, I would give that, like, an A-tier course. I mean, I would run there if it was, like, 70 degrees 60 degrees and not Yeah. humidity um so yeah that, that i mean that would be a solid a um wayne state we had conference there for like the past four years and you know what it started to grow in me like at first i didn't really like it because it, it was had uh, a couple like long hills um but i mean i'll I'll put that in like B tier. Oh, I have a C tier course. I just remembered it. The Williston course. I don't know Oh. if you Ooh. guys ever been there, but it's, 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 it's not the greatest. It's out, it's out in the open. So when it's windy, it hits you. It's also hilly. Um, uh, we have a couple of Williston people from uh, on, on the team, Charlie and Camden. And they say, they say it's the hardest course in North Dakota. And I might have to agree with them. Huh. Okay, so to all the Williston listeners, You guys have a C tier cross country course, but it's the hardest course in the state. So uh, you can take pride in that. <laughs> oh <laughs> man Excellent. you know you know we've only talked about cross country but you're really good at track too you took fourth in the mile at indoor conference last year you have a pb of 409 which one do you prefer cross country or track Oh man, I don't know. I and they're just two entirely different sports to be honest, you know. Um, I like cross country because of the team aspect, but track, you know, you, you're there to run fast and get those fast times. So, I mean, there's that too. Um, I don't know. I couldn't really choose. Maybe, maybe cross and then track slightly. Maybe, maybe on a good day it might be track over cross country. I don't know. Depends on the day. You could say uh, cross country is your favorite in the fall and track is your favorite in the spring. There you go. There Yeah. you go. That that works out. <laughs> So so what like what is what's your event? Like are you a do you think of yourself as a miler? Are you a 10k? Like what's your favorite event? Or like where do you think you fit the mold the best? Because so you got you got range. yeah, I mean, um Del Monaco, he he was like, Yeah, you're you're a distance guy. And I was like, Yeah, I think I agree with you. And then I started running fast in the mile. And then I was like, maybe I'm a miler. I like, 
I, I had a string of uh, races where I couldn't like really get a, put a together a 5k. I think I was just like had this mental block. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't get past that like two mile, you know, the two mile the finishing, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I had a little mental block there, but I mean, I still really enjoy the 5k, just a solid 5k. You know, you have a big group around you, you know, yeah. Um, but I mean, I enjoy the mile too. It's short, you know, so you're not in pain for that long. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, well, to watch, I would say my favorite race is the 1500 to watch or the yeah. steeplechase, one of the two. Um, the race, I guess I'll say the mile. The mile is really fun. Um, I guess it, uh, like on paper, it's my best event. So, yeah. I think, uh, I'd, I'd agree with you. I, I feel I like the mile. The mile is like my favorite and one of my favorites to watch the mile in the 15. Uh, it is, it is kind of interesting. It was always tough for me. I always wanted to be a 5k guy and I felt like I showed the strength during cross country season that I could be a 5k guy, but yeah, I mean, I, I never really had a good 5k on the track. There's just something, yeah, something mentally that I, I, I wasn't able to like prepare enough mentally for what a 5k race was like and you don't have enough opportunities to like race it i feel no. like like if you're gonna race <laughs> it you don't have enough opportunities to race it to uh to like figure it out you know you kind of got to get it right like pretty quick you know and the mile i, I <laughs> the mile is something where i think you can uh, fall short on the mental preparation and it's a short enough you know, race yeah, yeah. that your fitness can overcome, you know, some, some mental shortcomings that you might have in the mile. So I think that's why I liked it because <laughs> I could still be a little bit of a head case and have a good race. <laughs> yeah. I can agree with that, but I mean, I'm hoping this year I can put together a pretty fast 5k. I mean, yeah, um, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm ready for it. I mean, I feel like I'm mentally ready for it, especially how cross is going and how last season was going. Um, I'm ready what? just to run like a, you know, 14, low 14s. Yeah. What, what's your 5k PR? Uh, 1436, I believe if I remember correctly. Okay. I'm trying to look something up real quick, but I think, uh, the North Dakota, like on the North Dakota all time list for the 5K is like 1420 is like 10th or something like that. So, yeah, I remember seeing that. I was like, oh, I'm pretty close. That's pretty yeah. cool. This is the year, man. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. the year. All right. So, as Cam's looking that up, kind of two things to wrap it up. Uh, the first one, I want to circle all the way back to the very beginning of this episode. Before the Dragon Twilight, what did you eat that you got food poisoning from? You know what? I don't even know. So, well, I lied. And I have an idea of what it could have been. I went to a restaurant in the night before, um, and I had this chicken sandwich. But it could have been from my own cooking. So I can't entirely blame it on the, the restaurant, <laughs> but I'm blaming it on the restaurant. That's fair. That's fair. Never want to blame your own cooking. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> are you are you a good cook? 
Yeah, I would say I'm a pretty decent cook. I've I learned a few things from my my grandma, you know. Yeah, you just weren't a good cook on that day. So No, no, I, I believe it was the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you a bad time. Uh Dan, did you get it pulled up? Yeah. So uh just for all the stats nerds out there, I'll just run down the one through ten. This is according to North Dakota Runner dot blogspot.com shout out to our good friend nate peterson uh, he's done a pretty good job of uh keeping these lists as up to date as he possibly can so uh men's 5k we'll start we'll start with number 10 uh so elliot stone uh has the number 10 uh time of a north dakota runner 1420 uh arnie falk uh when he ran for valley city state 1420 Cody Christ, who ran for Barnes County and then MSUM, fourteen nineteen. Uh, Matt Goda, uh, he ran fourteen thirty nine at altitude. So we're given conversions here for this list, which converted to fourteen seventeen. Uh, current NDSU runner Jacob Canodal is sixth on the list, fourteen thirteen. Corey Immels, North Dakota's only sub four miler, uh, is fifth, fourteen oh eight. Devin Munson, uh, when he was running for Hamlin, now the director of track and field at Hamlin, 1405. Steve Sundell, Fargo South, when he ran for Columbia, 1358. So top three are all sub-14. Uh, Jacob or Ryan, do you know who number two and number one are? Do I? I do. I just don't know which order. Actually, I, I think it's I know. Jacob Lang or uh, Jacob. No, 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 Jake. Langing second and no, or no, no, that's for the mile. Is Jake Langing first for the 5k? No, that's the question. He, I, I bet he's second. Andrew Carlson's number one. Oh, I think you might be right. Yeah, Jake Langang, number two. Uh, he set this time when he ran for Oregon 1343, and then Andrew Carlson 1332 71. Wow, so yeah. Pretty saucy list, so uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, I think I think we will see a lot of new names on this list. Uh, oh yeah, the, the, the North Dakota years. runners this on the rise. This has been oh, steadily getting better. Yeah, yeah, it, it has been incredible to watch. Loved watching it. I have loved watching it. So don't worry. Oh, you know what? I wonder. Shouldn't Munir be on this list? I gotta check what he ran. All right. Well, Cam's looking that up. All right. I'm I'm going down a rabbit hole. You, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, the episode is yours. I'm I'm gone now. So, <laughs> well, we're gonna mostly wrap things up here. But you alluded this uh, a little bit earlier in the episode, Jacob. But usually we ask if you could give, you know, young runners any sort of advice. What would it be? You gave younger self, uh, Jacob, some advice, but just to kids that are looking up to you, maybe in your community, maybe across the state, maybe in my not, who knows. But uh, if you had to give some advice to young runners, what would you say? Um, okay, I have a few things. So one is just enjoy the process. You know, just enjoy your time running. Um, one is keep your mental health you know, strong, you know, keep that healthy because um, distance running is very mental. 
and it's really good to keep that mental health healthy. And uh, uh, third is do the little things, you know, running, you know, getting better in running, you know, running uh, is, I guess, a big part of it, but it's not everything. And when you do the little things, it prevents, you know, injury, um, you stay more mobile, it actually makes you faster. You know, I, I learned that the hard way. So, I mean, to pass that down to the younger generation. So, yeah, those are my top three things. Yeah, those are all really good things. Cam, any last things you want to throw in here before we wrap it up? Well, I just want to say Munir ran 13 or 1431, but he won a ton of races that season. So that's why, <laughs> you know. I think, uh, like I was saying, you don't get a ton of chances to run the 5K, and I think he just, you know, just didn't quite line up for him that season. So a uh, little fact check of myself there. Um, no, I I mean, Jacob, it's been great talking to you. Great to finally have you on the podcast. Yeah, uh, great to be here. Ooh, I, I probably say this maybe like every other episode, but I love it uh, when people have su- success from a variety of different places. You know, I love seeing people be successful at UND and NDSU. I love seeing people be successful at uh, Minot State and Hugh Mary and Jamestown and Valley City. And and I just love seeing people uh, commit themselves to the sport uh, running uh, track and field and cross country and commit themselves to improving. Uh, so it's, it, I feel like, um, not just you specifically, but, you know, kind of around, you know, your, your age, your class, you know, we, we started to see a lot of growth uh, up from the North central, you know, part of the state. And so I think you've been a big part in, you know, growing North Dakota track and field to, to what it's become today. And hopefully uh, the way you race and the way you carry yourself. And like you said, doing the little things, not just the running uh, is going to inspire people to, uh, uh, to keep, keep pursuing, you know, the opportunities that are available, uh, in the great sport and in the great state of North Dakota. Oh, yes. Wow. I, I can't say anything that'll top that. That was beautiful. So yes. Left yeah. Speechless. <laughs> good well luck said. Yeah. yeah. Good luck <laughs> in a couple of weekends, Jacob. We'll be cheering you on and we're excited. Thank you. Thank you. you.